I must say, and I'm just going to start out with a testimony, all right, in the beginning. So this, this message today was truly, truly for me. Um, I tossed and I turned all last night and uh, I didn't sleep at all, but I don't feel like I, I think I feel like I've been up 24 hours. I mm-hmm. laid in the bed, but I did not rest. My mind just kept moving. And when I got up this morning, I said, well, Lord, I don't have anything to say. Um, I'm tired. I can't do this. And uh, really going to child this morning, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This word is it is not my strength. It is your strength. It is in my weakness that I am strong, that you show yourself through me. So I, I just thank God for the word. I thank God for uh, the general Bernard Shaw and him giving her the ability to write the words in the book that has been on point each and every morning. So uh, just thank God for that. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning because you are merciful, you are loving, and you are kind, oh Lord. Father God, let it not be through my strength this morning, but through you, oh God, that you use me, oh Lord. Father God, speak through me this morning, oh Lord. Father God, let the words that I speak on this morning truly come from the heart of God, oh Lord. Use my lips, use my mind, use my heart, oh Father. Lord, let the words that I speak follow good ground this morning and be used for your glory. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, I pray. And it's so ironic that Gwen Shaw talked about strength and how we as human, because we err and we want control, we want to be in control of the things. And I, I don't know about you. I can only speak about me. And I'm always talking about me because I am the person besides God that knows me best outside of God and myself and my mom. That really knows me best, knows the inner workings of me. And so it is hard for me to give over control and to feel like I'm weak. So um, I always say that when I don't have control, it feels like weakness to me. And I I think when I look back over um, the last seven months, because the the pandemic actually came about in March, uh, it brings about thoughts to me of, of things that are going on that are out of my control. You know, um, I can't control what's going on um, around me with people. I can't control, uh, you know, you can't control your job. You can't control your health. You can't control your family. You can't control those the circumstances that are seeming to happen and it's out of your control. So it makes you feel weak. It makes you feel like Lord, I can't do this. But my question for you this morning is, is anything too difficult for God? You know, even though life is spiraling out of control, I'm going to ask you again, is anything too difficult for God? I think people are worrying, they're stressing, they, you know, when are they going to get a cure? I don't want to go out, you know. I'm not saying don't be safe, don't be cautious. But is anything too hard for God? Well, guys, as I was studying this morning, I want to take you back to the book of Genesis. And I want to take you to the story. And most of you should already know about Abraham and Sarah. I'm going to go back to Genesis 17, where I'm going to start off. And I'm going to read uh, verse 1. It said, when Abraham was 99 years old, The Lord appealed to Abram and said to him, I am 
El Shaddai. Walk with me and be trustworthy. I'm going to move on over to um, verse 17. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He said to himself, can a man 100 years old become a father or Sarah 90 years old have a child? Now, I jumped a little bit, but if you don't know the story of, uh, of Sarah and Abraham, um, God had promised to make a great nation out of Abraham. And when you go back and look into the story, Abraham was 75 when God came to him. He was 75 years old when God came to him and, and he gave him this vision. He put this vision inside of him, this, you know, this thing that's going to come to pass, this birth that he had announced that, you know, Abram was going to have a son. Well, like many of us today, when God gives us something, when he gives us a dream, when he gives us a vision, when he gives us a glimpse into the blessing that he's about to provide to us, we want it right then. And sometimes when God says he's going to bless you or he show you or he sends somebody to speak it into this and to tell you what's about to come, you chuckle, you question because you're thinking, well, God, how am I going to pay for that new car? I barely can't make ends meet. Lord, you said you were going to give me a business, but I don't see how because I don't have the money to get it started. You said you was going to give me a new house. I don't have the funds for it right now. So we go back and we kind of just look at the story uh, about Abraham and Sarah and what God told them. And, you know, Abraham was one of the ones that God considered to be, you know, a man after his own heart. He seemed to be trustworthy. He was a man of faith. So we know that if we read the book, the B-I-B-O-E, Abraham is one of those people that's only as being one of those faith walkers. But when what God first came to him and was talking to him about having a son, you know, him and his wife, Sarah, Abraham questioned it. He fell down on his face and he began to laugh in confusion. And I think sometimes when God brings stuff to us, we oftentimes get confused and we start to remind God, well, Lord, I can't do this as Abram did. Well, you know, remember my physical ability. I'm, I'm 90 something years old. My wife is beyond childbearing years. Um, when you get to an age, and a lot of women on the line knows about what they call menopause, and some of those inner work and some of those tools that can use at that age is not available to you anymore. So how can this be? How can I believe in this impossible thing, this thing that God has birthed in you, that he's impregnated in you, that's going to come to pass, that you're going to deliver? You question it because you don't necessarily have the tools you can use like Sarah. It's not possible according to man's eye, according to you and I, when we're looking at the situation, when we're looking around to see that I don't see it. You said it, but I don't see it. So I'm just coming to you today and say that you have to believe in the impossible because God is a God of possibility. He's the God that can do things that nobody else can do. 
So if we go on to, to read the chapter and go on to learn about the journey between Abraham and Sarah, uh, we notice that through this process, even though God had given them a dream and vision that, you know, he had told them that they were going to have this son and they needed to wait. And sometimes, you know, people of God, that when God gives us a vision, because we want everything right now, Burger King has told us we can have any way we want it. We can have it right now, however we want to have it. We want it right now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to be patient, to patiently wait on God to bring that thing to pass. So, you know, even though God had made this promise to Abraham and Sarah, you, you are going to have a child. You're going to have that business. You're going to have that job. You're going to have that significant other. You are going to have what I have promised to you. But because God has not given it to us right then and there, he has not provided us expediently as we have expected it to come, we begin to act like Abraham and Sarah, and we're going to tend to help God out. So even though God had told them this and told them they were gonna, he was going to make a great nation to them, they figured what Sarah said, well, I'm a young age. I don't have the tools I can use anymore. How can I bring about a child? How can I bring about this blessing, this promise that God has given me? Well, Abel, you go ahead on and I got this uh, maid servant. She's beautiful. And, you know, he said that you, not I, that you were going to bring about a good uh, a nation, a great nation. And they were helping God out. And he said, well, she said, go on in and, you know, marry my maid servant and Maybe God is going to use you to provide this great nation. But I think sometimes, God, we're like Sarah. We silently laugh at God in unbelief because we think we don't got the tools we can use. And if we go ahead and help God out, if he said, well, I'm going to bless you with the house, and you start looking on your own, you don't wait God. You don't wait on God to to bring it to you. You want to start helping him out because you believe the promise. You believe the promise, but you hadn't finished waiting on the instructions. You only heard part of the instructions. When God said he was going to give, make him a great nation, he didn't necessarily the first time say that it was going to be by Sarah. He just told Abraham that he was going to make him a great nation. But sometimes, guys, we have to be patient and we have to sit and we have to just patiently consider and wait on the Lord. And Lord, but I, I know that you promised me this, Lord. I know that you said I could have this. I'm going to recall the situation where the woman of God says, you know, she knows that God has said that he is going to bring her and are going to put her in this house. And I have no doubt that I'm in agreement with her that God is going to put her in this house. But when the Lord told her where she should go, she chuckled like Sarah. Well, Lord, this is out of my realm. It's out of my neighborhood. It's, it's out of my pay grade. How is this going to come to pass? So if we continue to tell God what he can't do because of our impossibility, because of our weakness, if we don't wait on the Lord to bring to pass, if we don't believe in our heart that there is nothing too hard for our God, he tends to make us wait. Do you guys realize that it was 25 years that Abram and Sarah waited before they were able to birth 
after summer. So many of us are we're waiting, we're in that waiting pattern, we're waiting on God. You know, we, we have the vision, He's put this dream inside of us, He's He's impregnated us with His vision, but we're ready to give birth right now. But we forget about waiting on God, about being faithful and trusting into his word. God have not forgotten about or to change his mind. When God gives us something, it's in his timing, not ours. I know that sometimes we may interpret or we may be misled about God's promises because we think that it's going to happen the way that we as human, our human minds can perceive it's going to happen to us. But I come right here to tell you, God is not like us. God is not a God that he should lie. God transformed our unbelief and our joy into faith. So we got to learn to wait on God. We got to learn to be patient. We got to learn to trust God and know that he would turn what's impossible, the things that we can't see possible, the things that we, Lord, I, I, I just don't understand it. I, I've been suffering through this with my health problems for years. I don't see any way out. The doctor keeps telling me that, you know, it's not going to get any better. But you've heard the word of the Lord that you're going to be healed. So are you going to patiently wait on the Lord? You know, sometimes I think we get ahead of ourselves because God has showed us a glimpse of what he's going to give us. God has given us a vision. He's told us he's given us this really amazing reality of the secrets and the secret thoughts that he had in his heart that he's going to reveal to us that's going to happen to us in the future. And we get ahead of ourselves and we start to deny that promise because it doesn't come when we want it. It doesn't happen when we think it should happen. Well, guys, I, I just came to tell you this morning, you must believe in the power of God because he is a living God and he's able to do abundantly above anything that we can ever put our minds to think will happen. If we go ahead and, and, and follow the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, even though we lose focus on God and we think that whatever our situation, the thing that he's promised us, that dream, that new job, uh, that new business, that new house, that new significant other, that, that person that we're looking to love us, has not entered into our, our life over the time frame that we think it should be, we tend to start focusing on the situation. And I'm, guys, I'm going to tell you, I am totally guilty of that. That is one of the biggest problems that I, well, let me not speak in my weakness, that was one of the biggest problems I struggled with. Because I would take my eyes off God and put it on the situation. But if we continue to look at the story, even though that Sarah and Abraham decided they were going to help God out, they were going to help bring it to pass because he didn't, at the first time when he met with them, he didn't give a clear instruction. He just said, I am going to make a great nation out of you, through you. And he gave those instructions specifically to Abraham. 
But then, as we follow the story, we'll see that later on the Lord visited them again because they started to question. They started to say, well, Lord, how is this going to happen? You know, how is this going to happen? We too old. Our body is falling apart. We just don't have the tools that we can use to make this dream kind of pass. We just don't see it. So sometimes God has sent somebody your way to call you out. That it speaks specifically to you to remind you of that promise that he has given you. And that's what God did to Sarah and Abram. He came to them again just to reinforce and let them know, you know, that Sarah's going to have a child this time next year. Now, your next year might be a couple of years down the line. Your time frame may be there, but God sometimes reiterates to you that promise because like many of us, like Abraham and Sarah, we begin to doubt God and his promise. So I'm, I'm thankful for the God that, you know, if you could finish to honestly trust him and to seek him about that promise and, you know, stop having your way and trying to help God out. He also forgives because he's a loving and patient God. And even though that Abram and Sarah decided that they were going to have a child through their maidservant, that they were going to help God out because they knew the promise that God had said that they were going to have a child, that this vision, this thing that he had impregnated and with it was going to happen. They just didn't know through who. So they decided they were going to use a maidservant to start this lineage, right? They was going to help God along because he didn't give specific instruction. He just told them about the vision, about the things that was going to come to pass. And I think some of us are the same way. God gives us a vision. He gives us this uh, this promise that he's going to come in the past, but he doesn't give us clear instruction. But what we don't do is that we don't take the time to wait on the Lord because we are so excited about that promise that God has given us that we want it to happen right then. So, even though we help God out sometimes, even though we go about and try to search and try to figure out and try to go on our own, God is a forgiving God and he still blessed us in the story of Abraham and Sarah. And even though they went ahead and tried to help God out, he not only blessed the mess that they had made, he brought the promise through by giving Sarah a son, giving her the ability to burst through this vision. She had a baby, Isaac, whose name was Laughter. But he also blessed that child that they had through the maidservant. So our God is so loving, he's so kind that even though we try to help him out, even though we tend to get in the way and we might screw up the situation a tad bit, we might, you know, just mess some things up because we've tried to put our human intervention in there. God would still bless us. I know the woman God talked about, you know, God promises to have condition, and it does. Well, are you willing to wait on God? Are you willing to allow him to bring that, that vision, that promise to fruition? Are you willing to disbelieve even though your circumstances don't warrant it? Because God wants us to know and experience his love and power personally. So we have to learn to just sit back and trust and wait on him. And oftentimes I, I hear the woman of God says that stop putting your mouth on it. Stop 
going to other people trying to get confirmation. And I'm I'm guilty of that, guys. I'm so guilty of trying to when God gives me something and you know, I've been talking to him about it, but I'm impatient. I want to see it now because you've shown me this, Lord. You've told me and you've uh, revealed to me that you're going to bless me. And because it has been taking so long, I need reinforcement. But instead of continuing to converse with him, you know, I might go to, you know, my sister in Christ, and my brother in Christ. And, you know, I'm bringing the situation and other. It almost seems like. I have doubt because what he had said that he was going to bring to pass in my life and your life has not come to pass. So we begin to doubt and we begin to calculate with Lord. You said this a year ago. You said this two years ago. Well, look at Abraham and Sarah. It took them 25 years, 25 years before that birth actually happened. So I just came to you guys to just tell you this morning, just remind you that God is an omnipotent God. We cannot see all the outcomes of what he's promised us, but we must wait on him. We must realize that no matter what our situation looks like, no matter how things are going in our life, that if he promised it to you, if he brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. He's going to bring it to pass. And so as we are on this faith journey, as we as Christians, as we're going through our situation, we're going through our promises. We got to remember, God don't need no help. God is God all along. And he already got it mapped out. He already got it figured out for us with his plans for us. His plans for us, says in Jeremiah's plans to prosper us. And I think sometimes we get in the way of that because we want to help them out. I know one scripture that I like to hold on to, especially when I start getting in the way of God because he reveals something to me. And as I've been going through this process, as I've been being stretched, uh, as I'm going through this place of unfamiliarity that I've been in lately, I've been having to start to repeat this to myself. I know that all things work together for the good to those who love you and you were called according to your purpose. So I just came by to remind you guys on today that there is nothing too difficult for our God. There's nothing that God cannot change the situation, that he cannot make happen because God is able. He is able. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, especially when we take a look at what's been going on in the last seven months. We start to look at, you know, what's going on in the news with this pandemic and how the consequences that's revolving behind the things that resort out of this pandemic. But I just come to remind you today is to keep your eyes focused on God. God knows everything that's going on in the world today. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything that's going to happen even before it gets to happen. So don't take it by any mistake that this pandemic was an accident. It was a part of God's divine plan. So don't be fearful. Don't be scared because of things that's going on around you. If God brought you a vision, if God brought you a promise, continue to trust him. Continue to seek him, continue to stay in his presence. 
and know that he will bring it to pass in his timing, not our timing, but his timing, that he will bring that vision, that birth to come about, that you to birth that, that promise out. So I just thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his grace on this morning. And I just want you to always remember, there is nothing too hard for our God.